Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome to this episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am D, and we've got a great show for you tonight. Rob Manford institutes rule changes for 2023. The Suns owner gets fined and suspended. And Jets head coach Robert Sala is taking receipts. But we begin today's show with the Cowboys. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? Dak Prescott. Cowboys starting quarterback injured his thumb on his throwing hand late in the Cowboys game on Sunday night against the Buccaneers. He should be out about eight weeks, but I think they're going to try to get him back in six. Jerry has decided to not put him on IR. He's decided they're not going to pick up a veteran quarterback. Z, does this injury sink the Cowboys? And do you agree with Jerry? not investing in a backup quarterback. Well, if I may, uh, no, I just don't agree with Jerry Jones at all. On anything. On, on anything. Um, it makes no sense to me if you're going to be out eight weeks. Yes, Jerry Jones, ever the optimist, is saying, oh, Dak will be back in four. He's not going to be back in four. <laughs> He's not coming back in forward. Do not listen to Jerry Jones. He's lying to you. Liar, liar. Liar, liar. Pants on fire. Dak Prescott will be back eventually, but not yet. And this indicates to me that they are comfortable treading water in this division because they still see it as winnable when Dak gets back. So you have Cooper Rush, Mortal Cooper Rush, whose name sounds like uh, you know, a scent of deodorant. You have Will Greer as your backup. This probably means our boy, the Paisan, Beninucci, probably is going to get put back onto the practice squad. So, hey, he's back. But ultimately, the Cowboys are in a bad spot because of this. They were in a bad spot already because they didn't get jack shit going against Tampa Bay when Dak was in the game. Dak was 14 to 29 for 134 yards and a pick. They only ran the ball combined between Zeke, Prescott, and Tony Pollard. The Cowboys only ran the ball 18 times. 18 for a total of 71 yards. Das Wunderkind, Das Wunderkind, Kellen Moore, looks like he has no idea what he's doing. The wide receiver core is depleted. You're going to hope that Michael Gallup gets back, but I think it's going to be too late. Now, the big move, the big fish, would be to call up the Niners and try and move heaven and earth to get one Mr. Garoppolo. Like, that would be the move. 
And it sounds like, it sounds like the 49ers are willing to listen. They're willing to do business. But I don't know. Like, I think you're better served rather than getting a guy like Garoppolo. Getting Jimmy means that this is a full season thing. If you want a stopgap guy, here's a suggestion. Call the Colts and get Nick Foles. You only need him for a few games if you believe what you're told. And he might be able to be the spark that Cooper Rush is not. And he will not cost you as much as one Mr. Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Nick Foles is definitely a thrower. Um, You know, when we talked about this in the production meeting, I'm, I'm still just not sure. You know, I'm not sure if I was Jerry Jones what I would do. Um, you know, the thumb injury is pretty serious. He can't really grip the ball. Um, and as we saw what happened with Drew Brees when he hurt his hand, you, you, you don't get that full complement of strength back. Um, the issue I have with them bringing him in a backup is it's probably going to take about a month to six weeks just to bring the quarterback up to speed on this mm-hmm. offense. It's not It's not a simple offense. I think Mike McCarthy's system is very complicated. And, you know, when you look at it, it's not like he was having so much success with this offense the last five years in Green Bay when he had Aaron Rodgers. Um, now, I picked the Cowboys to do well this year, and I thought it was going to be because they were going to have a balanced attack. Um you know, I, I, I don't I don't think that they should go out and try to trade for Jimmy G. I don't know if the Colts are going to be willing to let go of Nick Foles, but I, I like the Nick Foles idea because he's a thrower. You need a thrower. You need mm-hmm. a guy who could really drive the ball downfield in his offense. Um, but the other thing that I've been leaning on, you know, since the injury is, man, Guys got a really good defense. I do think Dallas has a really good defense. They, yeah, Tampa put up 19 points, 20 points, but it wasn't easy. Like they got to Brady, they they picked Brady off. They, it, it was a tough game. They have three legit players on that defense. So why not change the scheme of the offense? I'm not saying change the plays. Just change the scheme. Like what's the What's the? How are we gonna score? What's the? How are we gonna get this done? Let's change it. You got two backs. You got Zeke Elliott, and you got Pollard. Two guys who are capable of running for a thousand yards. Go run heavy. You know, go go Miami Dolphins on these guys. Let's run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then let's work the tight end into this into the scheme. Let let's let the tight end be our guy because they have had. A lot of success getting the tight end over the middle, catching the ball and getting first downs. Let's keep this game close until we get to the fourth quarter, and then we can decide where we're going to go from there. I mean, CD, listen, everybody picked CD Lamb in the first and second round of the draft. That that ship has sailed, guys. That's <laughs> that that ship is. If you've got CD Lamb in your roster, trade him, trade him right now because. The future is bleak. Okay, he ain't scoring 18 touchdowns, 15. He'll be lucky if he gets four touchdowns this year. And the idea, I this is just, you know, because you're in a division that's winnable, right? Giants, Eagles, Commanders. You don't you don't have to make a rash move, especially if you really believe Dak's going to come back. If you really believe that. If you think he's going to come back, 
He's going to be a competent player. He still is not going to be able to throw the ball 30, 50, 40 times. He's going to have to, you're going to have to run the football. So let's instill this now. Let's get a running game going. Let's pull guards. Let's run off tackle. Let's run in between the numbers. And let's try to blow these people off the ball because Dan Quinn's going to coach a good defense. Dan, Dan Quinn is a good defensive coordinator, but I don't necessarily know if you can alter this scheme with the guys you have up front. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if they're capable of blowing up the holes necessary for Tony Pollard and Zeke to become a combined 2,000-yard rushing tandem. I don't know if these guys are capable of doing that. They may just be uh, they just mean might be a pass a passing offensive line and that's fine but you can this is where and I think we're in agreement this is where Kellen Moore is going to earn his stripes this is yeah. where he's like if he's the genius that they say he is time for you to earn money chief so does that mean jet sweeps to the immortal Noah Brown does that mean you incorporate wildcat does this mean that you know you're 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 actually putting both Zeke and Pollard in the backfield causing confusion so you don't know who's getting the ball right now's the yeah, time I to mean, be creative listen, 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 the beast. let me just say this these are their next eight games right these are their next eight games you got the Bengals winnable game Bengals have a tough time stopping the pass rusher Bengals winnable game Giants winnable game Commanders could be tough Rams could be tough. Eagles could be tough. Lions, winnable game. Bears, winnable game. Packers in Green Bay. Green Bay looks shitty on Sunday. Winnable game. So if you could get, if you could get to Thanksgiving, you know, as, I don't know, two and six, three and five, I think you're all right. I think you take that. Can you take the championship from DNZ? This year, you can play our football pick'em on CBS Sports and compete against us in the option every week. Check the link in our Instagram bio, Fade Route Podcast, for all the details and to sign up. Then tune into the Fade Route every week to the Super Bowl for updates and standings. Bring it on. You know, sticking with football, we have the results of the grudge matches over the weekend. Baker Mayfield lost on the final play of the game to the Cleveland Browns, losing his bid at revenge. And Russ Wilson lost his revenge game in Seattle, where he was booed early and often. Z, which guy lost more on over the weekend? Well, I got to say that the Russell Wilson loss has to be the worst loss, right? We went into our picks. I picked the Browns, you picked the Panthers, I believe. So, there was that was a that was a competitive or at least was on paper to be a competitive game, right? The Browns have Chubb, the Browns have Hunt, the Browns have Miles Garrett. They have players. Um, they have, yep, they have Austin Hooper. They have, you know, Cooper, Amari Cooper. You have competent players. The question was the quarterback. 
and Jacoby Brissett did a fine job. Like Jacoby Brissett did enough. 18 to 34 for 147 and a touchdown, did not turn the ball over, was only sacked once. That's what, you know, if you want, if you want like a stopgap quarterback kind of scenario, Jacoby Brissett had an admirable performance. There was no reason on paper, and there was no reason on the field that Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos should have lost to the Seattle Seahawks. Not at all. They won on paper every single matchup, every single position group. Denver is better. But the whole is not greater than the sum of its parts, at least not yet. Russ had a great game, 29-42, 3-40 in the touchdown. Got sacked twice. Questions about the offensive line continue. They follow him. They followed him from Seattle to Denver. Multiple delay of game penalties. Multiple false starts. The running game was not great. It, it was okay. It wasn't great. Javante Williams had a dog shit game. Seven carries, 40 yards. Yeah. No touchdowns. He got outplayed by Melvin Gordon. The ageless Melvin Gordon. 13 carries, 48 yards. And, you know, Geno. Kudos to Geno Smith. 23-28. Extremely efficient. Extremely efficient. 195, two touchdowns. Not bad. Not bad at all. But... You look at the Broncos on paper, you look at the Seattle Seahawks on paper, this should have been a slaughter, and it was not. They had multiple turnovers in the red zone, and then Nathaniel Hackett. What the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck? You have all your timeouts, it's fourth and five, and you let the clock tick all the way down. Now, don't get me wrong. Brandon McManus is a great kicker. He's a great kicker. You're being nice. Brandon McManus is a great kicker. He is. Statistically, he's a good kicker. Is he Justin Tucker? No, but he's right up there. He's next level. He's like the one tier below Justin Tucker. Well, well, good's not great. Well, but he's... Is he good or great? He is great. I would say he's he's a great kicker. Now right, like, so he's, you, a, he's a you, tier. He's a second tier. He's the second tier at the top. He's a, so you'd invite him to your son's communion? Sure. Okay. Why not? Why not? We have the connection. He's a former giant. So you automatically, if you were a former giant, you automatically get invited. So check it. It's in the mail, guys. It's in the mail. But you, as Coach Hackett did, let it tick all the way down. <laughs> tick all the way down. I'm just. I'm just Bear with me here. You do not call a timeout. You paid Russell Wilson how much money? $230 million? Right? You have this loaded team offensively, allegedly. And instead of letting Russ cook, which should be a drinking game, by the way, do that, guys. Every time somebody says let Russ cook, take a shot, you'll be fucked up before the end of the first quarter. Guaranteed. And... This guy, I'm not even going to call him a coach. This guy <laughs> says, fuck it. I'm going to try and attempt the longest field goal in NFL history. Tonight. Tonight. Right On now. the road. Right it's now. Seattle. That's right. 
not at home in Denver when he could possibly nail it from 80 because the air is so fucking thin. No, we're going to do it in Seattle. The first real game of my head coaching career. Did you think he was going to make it from 64? No one's ever made it from 64 before. And no one has made it since. That was a bonehead fucking decision. And he is in Brandon Staley territory after one goddamn game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was watching the Manning telecast, which was great. Because they get to, like, what, they got to the... They got through the 40, right? Yeah. Like 40 and 45. Yeah. With, 50, with about 50 seconds left. Need five 50, yards. F- 53 seconds left. It's fourth and five. And Peyton Manning's like, all right, call timeout. You know? They're not calling timeout. They're, like, muddle huddling. They're getting in the huddle. It's like... So he's like... So he starts, like, doing the timeout sign. Like, you know... <laughs> timeout. Call timeout. Come on. He did it 64 times. Waiting <laughs> for them to get down to 20 seconds. And it's just like, I, I don't know. I don't know what was going through this man's head. I mean, I mean, unless he really, really trusted his kicker, right? And he, this has happened too much in Russell Wilson's span of time as an NFL quarterback to for us not to actually maybe question Russell Wilson in this situation, right? Why is it that coaches feel the need, the need to take the ball out of his hands when it's fourth and short or goal and short, right? I mean, got to start thinking about it. I, the only thing I would say was I'll defend him in this respect in that it was the flow of the game and maybe just standing on the sideline and seeing what was going on and taking the temperature of the room. He didn't feel like he was going to get the five yards. He didn't have a play up his sleeve where he thought he could get five yards. So I'm going to – and, yeah, he, he, back, he backed off the whole situation today and yesterday saying, you know, in hindsight, we probably should have went for it. But, guys, let's not assume that they would have went for it and got it. And I think that's the problem is, like, everybody's assuming they – they would have they would call the timeout, drew up a play, and got it. This is also a team that had both running backs fumble the ball on the goal line mm-hmm. in this game. This is a team that couldn't hear the snap count at multiple times in this game where there were false starts. So now if it's fourth and five, you call up your play, you get to the line, and there's a false start. Now it's fourth and ten. And now we can't kick the field goal. And not and let's be fair, he had the leg. It made it there. Yeah. It just was slightly to the left. So I'm not gonna crush him. I do think it was it was a, a debatable call. I think forty-eight percent of people went for it on fourth and five last year and got it. So you're looking at a fifty-fifty shot. Um, but I'm not gonna go ahead and you crush this was his first coaching outing. He was supposed to have Aaron Rodgers. He has Russell Wilson instead. Um, just want to crush Mike Wilbon on something, saying Russell Wilson's a Hall of Famer. What What are you on? Like, what What has Russell Wilson done to make him – because he went to two Super Bowls? What? Ah, that's nonsense. Calling him a Hall – you go with your Hall of Fame quarterback on fourth and five? I'm not going with – I'd go with Ryan Tannenhill on fourth and five just because he can run the ball and he's slightly smarter. Um, but – the other part of my 
whole rant here is I'm going to disagree with you. And I'm actually going to say Baker suffered the worst loss. Mostly because the Browns didn't want him. The Browns tossed him aside for a ham sandwich. In in your other situation, Russ wanted to leave. He wanted out. He left. He got what he wanted. Baker didn't want to leave. Baker was forced out, trade for a ham sandwich. Then, Jacoby Brissett comes in there with, with Baker's team. Jacoby's the backup quarterback and beats his ass. So, yeah, that's the one I think was that one stung more. I think that one was worse. The sim- I mean, the fact that you lost to such an inferior team, Carolina and Cleveland, I believe, are on par. I would say they're on Carolina par. and Cleveland are on par. Okay, yeah, yeah. So but, that's an but, even but do this. Give the Seahawks credit yesterday or on Monday. They came out to play. Geno Smith came out to play. I mean, this guy was, was has, hasn't started a game, I think they said, in like eight years. Mm-hmm. He connected, like, on his first, like, what, eight or nine passes? Like, he was lighting it up. No, Geno Smith had a fantastic game. They came he- to play. Seattle came to play. They came to the play. They came to the play. They won't play that good all season. But they came to play. So, I give Seattle a little bit more credit. But I agree with you. On paper, Denver should have been better. Denver should have crushed it. Denver should have won. But that didn't happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, for one thing about the Hackett thing. Yeah. Now, that is something that you hope, if you're Denver, you hope, if you're Elway, that he learns from this. You know, because clock management, that is a rookie head coach's bugaboo. Yeah. Almost always. His clock, his clock management was awful. But I think a lot of people are trying to make an assumption that on fourth and five, they would have went for it. They would have got it. Right. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure. I don't know either, but you have, there's a better, there's a better way of going about what they were trying to do. Yes. Yes, Muddle huddle, all that. Try and draw them offside. Try and draw them offside. That's what Peyton said. He's like, okay, I guess you're going to try to call them off. Oh no, you're, you're trying to run a play. Oh, okay. Well, what player, what are we doing? So he's at 30 seconds, whatever. And if you look at the other head coaches, right? McDaniel, victory. Dayball, victory. O'Connell, victory. The rookie head coaches, for the most part this weekend, were successful. Just This is the one you're left with at the end, and it just kind of sours the rest of it. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave. From the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow them on Instagram and Facebook too at SweetLifeBrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043 and tell them D&Z sent you. That's SweetLifeBrownieCo.com, 845-641-3043. SweetLifeBrownieCo, because there's always room 
for a brownie. But well, the week yeah. it was. Let's talk about the week it was. Let's sure. do it. So, with the first week in the books, who surprised you, who was a disappointment, and who are you excited to see next week? Well, you know what? The, the, the Lions surprised me. You know, I actually watched that game from beginning to end, and they seemed to be out. They seemed to be getting outplayed. The Eagles seemed to be outplaying them. A.J. Brown was just going ape shit on people. Um... The, team, the Lions defense couldn't stop anything, but they kept playing. They they had showed a lot of heart, a lot of grit, which was their slogan during hard knocks. And they played really well and really solid down the stretch of the game to only lose by three. <laughs> Who I'm excited about? Actually, I'm going to stick in that same game. I'm saying I'm excited about A.J. Brown. Wow. Go, go, go into a team where now you're the focal point of the offense, it's pretty clear that they're going to be running through him. You know, in the last couple of years, you know, he was in an offense where he was hurt and they were running through Derrick Henry. Oh, no. It looks like the Eagles are going to be throwing to A.J. Brown as much as you let them. Um, you know, J- if J- Jalen Hurts got him the ball a ton on Sunday, so it looks like he's going to be a playmaker. As far as disappointed, man, I was disappointed in the Cardinals. They picked them to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. We got a friend on the Chiefs. I embarrassed myself. This was the game in the late window on Sunday, and they actually moved me to a different game because this game was just not competitive. Uh, they The Cardinals defense gave up five passing touchdowns to Pat Mahomes. Feel bad for anybody who's going against him in fantasy. James Conner looked like he was on a high school JV team. Fumbling the ball, running straight up. Awful. And nobody's getting separation except for Hollywood Brown on, on Cardinals. It looked like the Cardinals didn't have a training camp. That's what it looked like. It looked like one team went to training camp and knew there was a game on Sunday, and the other team just showed up from different parts of the world. Yeah, well, that's what happens when Cliff Kingsbury is your coach and you have a second baseman for a quarterback. <laughs> like, what do you expect? But and Steve Kime at the press conference, like I'd like to see the uh, I'd like to see the payroll of the Oakland A's. Like, dude, shut up. Just what? Here's the thing: the Oakland A's are more successful than you will ever be. So let's not do that. Bring a, bring home a Lombardi Trophy, and then maybe just maybe you can talk. But oh, there was a lot of this week was expected. You know, we expected Aaron Rodgers to not show up. We expected that, and he didn't. Those wide receivers looked like pedestrian players, dropping easy passes, causing him to rip his hair out, causing him to get a haircut like he's Samson or something. And, you know, he's already frustrated, and he's begging for Devontae Adams. He's like that, that meme of Wolverine on his bed crying, looking at the picture. Like, that's what Aaron Rodgers is doing right now. We expected the Dolphins to beat the Patriots because they're in Miami and the Dolphins always beat the Patriots in Miami. Like the most, you know, the probably the most interesting thing this week was the amount of missed kicks. That was just like McPherson missed what three by himself? Boswell missed. Randy Bullock missed. That was the game, the game loser. But I knew Randy Bullock was going to miss. 
Bullock misses big kicks. <laughs> Randy Bullock's a loser. <laughs> Randy Bullock misses big kicks. That's what he does. Rodrigo Blankenship got cut by the Colts. That's all you need to know about him. How about this? Like, the Colts have expectations. They play to a 2020 tie on week one against the Texans. Like, that's disappointing. Anybody who thought that the Colts had playoff aspirations, and they may still recover from this, but you can't be encouraged by a first-week tie. Like, I suppose you can you can take comfort in that they were able to come back against the immortal Houston fucking Texans, but, you know, a lot of this was chalk. A lot of it was. And you had some, you had toss-up games, too. Chargers-Raiders, I felt was a toss-up. I was surprised the Cardinals got blown out by the Chiefs, but ultimately, it's the Chiefs. So, you know, the Ravens blew out the Jets, to be expected. Oh, God. The Giants Giants narrowly beating the Titans. A win is a win is a win. They knocked King Henry around. Wink Martindale's defense... He took some shots. He took some shots. Wink Martindale's defense knocked him around, and I love... I love the set of huevos on my head coach, Brian Dayball. He's got nuts as big as my head. Like, to go for two in that scenario, rather than take it to overtime, onions. Onions. And he has already ingratiated himself to his team. But think about uh, There's one more, but this is more in the NFL. The Bears and the Niners playing in a monsoon. How do you let that happen if you're the NFL? Like, that much standing water on the field. How do you let that happen with the salaries of the players involved and the union? How do you, in good conscience, say, go get them, boys. Go get them. You're not going to get hurt. Go get them. Have at it. (laughs) Have at it, Haas. That's it. Have at it. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't. I mean, I like when the games are in inclement weather, and I feel like it balances things off, right? I mean, if if the conditions were normal and fair, the 49ers would have blitzkrieged the freaking Chicago Bears. So the Chicago Bears got a win. Good for the Chicago Bears. Um, it, it it was it was an interesting week of football, as week one usually is. Um, you know, Brian Dable had nothing to lose. You know, it was like if you don't get it, it's like, hey, I was trying. It's just game, just the first game, which is what he said in his press conference. And, you know, it's just the first game of the season, whether we win or lose. It's only the first game of the season, and that's a good attitude to have. Uh, but it does seem like he's changing the culture over there, which is definitely, which is definitely good. These new coaches are not coaching scared. Mike McDaniel went for it on a fourth and seven. You know, that's. <laughs> Like that that's this kid you know this kid. He is a kid, he's younger than us. So this this guy has this the guy. temerity. The temerity to pull that off. He's absolutely Belichick. Yeah. Tyreek Hill's right. The guy needs a wheelbarrow for his nuts. I mean here's the thing, is like the Patriots lost, right? And and they it's like at what point are we going to start questioning the prowess of Bill Belichick as Bill Belichick keeps losing and Brady keeps winning? I mean, at this time, he's gone through three through three drafts since Brady, right? 
Yep. And you would think that he would have been able to put a team together between free agency and drafts. They look dreadful. I mean, they were getting blown out by the by the Miami Dolphins. And then I heard, I heard uh, Mac Jones' back is acting up on him now. They couldn't get anything going, and and they have this whole thing going on where they they don't have direct coordinators. Some people call plays on this down. Some people call plays. Guy, what are you trying to do? And he, and the other thing is, is he seems like he brought back all. The guys that got fired, like he brought back Patricia, he brought back Judge. Like, what are you bringing these guys back for? They couldn't swim without you. And what are you trying to give them a second chance? I don't really understand what's going on there. The one guy that he didn't bring back that he should have brought back was Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien actually was able to put in, install an offense that was competent. You have a special teams guy and a defensive guy calling offensive plays. Bill, where does that make sense, man? I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what's going on over there. It doesn't really make sense. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto. We really care about what's under your hood. But moving on, moving into baseball, your boy, Rob Manford, took some more steps last week toward ruining the game of baseball, in my opinion. New rule changes to be implemented in 2023 are larger bases, a pitch clock, and banning the shift. What do you think of the rule changes, and will any of them actually make baseball better? Well, define better. I, I challenge you to define to define better in this instance because they seem to think that better equals faster. That better means you get your paying customer out of the building faster. That's not the case. Baseball is the national or was the national pastime. Pass time. It's part of the word. Your job is to pass the time, not get them in and out. It's not a turnstile. I don't care if it's three hours. I don't care if it's three and a half hours. If I'm watching a good game, if I'm watching a good product, I don't care how long the game is. That's why postseason baseball is so good. I can stay tuned in. I can stay locked in on a postseason game because the product is good. You have too much mediocrity in the league. You have the defensive shifts ruining the game, but legislating the shift out of the game is stupid. Just on an individual grassroots level, hit the fucking ball the other way. way. Hit it the other way. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. Are you kidding me? Now, the one, the the bigger bases, I I don't know. Like it might make a difference. It might not make a difference. You know, it, it, it yeah, sure, fine. <laughs> to me, that's like, you know, that that's a minor, that's a minor detail. You're actually making the distances to the bases slightly shorter, so. It's no longer, you know, 90 feet. Now it's about like 
82 feet or something like that, or but like 87 that, feet. But how does that make the game faster? That's it doesn't. What it are doesn't. you talking about? It doesn't. It doesn't at all. But one do you thing, want people on base or you don't want people on base? I'm so confused. Right. You know what they, <laughs> and next thing you do, next thing they're going to outlaw the walk. Like, how about that one? Let's just, you're going to stay up there until you fucking hit the ball. That's <laughs> it. That's fucking it. God damn it. But I do think, in all seriousness, the one that I think will be beneficial is the pitch clock. Having gone down to Dunedin over the summer and sitting there in a minor league ballpark, nobody was wasting time. The pitcher got the sign, came set, threw the ball, got the ball back from the catcher, got the sign, came set, threw the ball. They're training those kids to be Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox did not waste time. That's how you're able to still have a good game and still have a short game. Yeah, I I think the talent level, though, is different on the major league level, right? Uh I think there's a lot more to think about when you're facing, like, an Albert Pujols, a Mike Trout, or an Aaron Judge. It's not so simple as me getting the ball back and just rear back and firing it again, right? Yeah, I don't know about that because how how many legitimate, like, pitchers are there? Everybody's just trying to throw the ball as hard as they can. I don't know how many legitimate pitchers there are, but I want the guy who throws 98 miles per hour to take as much time as he needs to fucking make sure he throws it straight. Uh, you know, that's my that's my only problem, and that's actually one of the issues I have with the pitch clock. Is like, I want a guy ready to throw his best pitch. I don't want him to slip. I don't want him to be rushed. I want him to feel comfortable. It's it, not everybody can throw 98, 102, 101 with confidence. Some of the people need to focus, need to gear, need to get a little bit reared back there, and it may take more than 20 seconds. You know, I lar- <sighs> larger bases, I guess, is okay, but to me, that's not going to make the game faster, right? Yeah. It's going to make those bang bang plays at first go to the runner now. So now he's on base, he's safe, he could steal second now or get to second and and it's going to be harder for you to you know it's going to be harder to get outs i would imagine yeah and but then you've outlawed the shift which made getting outs a lot easier for morons that can't hit the other way <laughs> so i i mean i do i mean listen Theo epstein knows a lot more than i do right i mean the guy's a genius when it comes to putting teams together winning world series and everything and and maybe he's on to something here but i'm kind of in your camp when it comes to baseball like when i watch baseball i'm watching it at my leisure right Mm -hmm. i may not stay the whole game i may leave early i may leave after two hours or three hours i don't got to see the ninth inning it's 162 of these things the same thing goes for when i'm watching it on tv i can go back and forth i can miss the sixth seventh and eighth inning still get to the ninth inning and be completely satisfied I think what Theo's trying to look at is, okay, like, look at football and basketball. They legislated out defense. They score more points. They generate more revenue. Fans are happier. If that's his angle, then I think that's the wrong approach because I don't think you should compare baseball to the other sports. You should try to be going after a more niche market, a more niche audience, and make it adaptable to them. Maybe it's embracing technology a little bit more, where we're we're getting rid of the umpire and going with the robo ump, 
or things like that. Like make make it more interactive in the stands. Make it more fantasy friendly. Make it make it more friendly to the younger generation in that sense. Not in the sense of okay, let's let's get this game over in two and a half hours. But we'll see. You know, I like I said, I really I don't like the pitch clock. I I don't like the larger bases. And um, the banning of the shift, I mean, it's like, so I'm just going to let this guy rope it over my head like the entire game. Mm-hmm. Can the outfield still shift? Like, it just seems so silly. And what stops me from just running in that direction is as soon as the as soon as the pitcher, pitcher releases the ball. Is that where we're going? Like, I got to run into a spot because that's going to be the next thing, right? It's like, okay, as soon as he releases the ball, everybody shift in this direction, right? right. I don't know. But to me, it's silly. Um, and you're just catering towards the hitter. No, totally. And I would argue this. If you are going – if your idea behind the larger bases is to like, kind of mitigate against first base collisions and bang-bang plays, put in the running base. Little League has the running base. Softball has the running base. Yeah. Just use the damn running base at first at first base. If that's really what we're talking about here, use it. They have a lane anyway. Not that people, not that runners abide by the baseline anyway. They're like right up against the line, hoping to get hit with the ball. But make them do that. Make them actually run to the base. And I, you know, let's get some. Let's get some more juice in the game through bunting. Let's get more juice in the game through hitting runs. Well, it's a good thing. It's, it's funny you just brought that up. Like, when people want to shift, bunt the ball. Who's going to go get it? Right. <laughs> you don't want to go the other way? Drag bunt. Bunt right. the ball. Slap it. I mean, come on. If you, Especially if your team's losing. Is that the name of the game? Let's get runners on base. Because guess what? When there's runners on base, they can't fucking shift. Because they got to make sure they cover the bases. Right. And the, the teams that still shift get burned. Right. Like, that's, you know, there's the you reason why. Let me tell you this. I went to a couple of Mets games this year. You can't fucking shift on the Mets. Nope. You may be able to shift on certain players. You can't shift on that whole team. McNeil hits the ball all over the field. So does uh, so does Escobar. They hit the ball all over the field. Get more guys like that. There are that's plenty it. of those guys. They're hitters. They're not sluggers. Yeah, they're baseball players. For all the grill masters, green thumbers, home repair heroes, and DIY aficionados in the Richmond, Virginia area, if you're looking for a personal service, quality products, and a convenient shopping experience, look no further than Thacker Ace Hardware in Colonial Heights, Virginia. Owner Don Rackley and his team of local experts have everything you need to tackle all of your home projects. I'm talking paints by Benjamin Moore and Clark in Kensington, power tools by Craftsman and Milwaukee, electrical, plumbing, Hardware, and let's not miss the grill. Weber, Big Green Egg, Traeger, Blackstone, top shelf, amazing. And for all you green thumbers, their nursery department is fantastic. Give them a call today, 804-766-4223, or stop by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. That's 804-766-4223, or Swing by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. Thacker Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. 
over to basketball. The Suns owner, Robert Sarver, has been fined $1 million and suspended for one season for racist comments and having misogyny in the workplace. Yikes. Some people felt the penalty was justified. Others felt the penalty was not harsh enough. What are your thoughts, Z? Ten million bucks in a year for multiple instances over the course of 17 years that not only deal with equity in the work in the workplace, but racism and sexism. The only reason he's not gone like Donald Sterling is because there's no incriminating audio. Right? That's what got Donald Sterling. It wasn't the fact that he did these things, even though people knew he did these things. It's that they got him on tape. Right? The reason why Ray Rice got blackballed from the NFL, the the reason why he could not get work after that was because they they had audio and video of the domestic violence. They could not deny what you were seeing. You were confronted with it. Ray Rice was appropriately punished, and his career suffered the consequence because of it. Robert Sarver, on the other hand, I think he's getting off light. Ten million bucks and a year off is a drop in the bucket for somebody as rich as Robert Sarver. He also owns the the Mercury, right? So he has multiple revenue streams. Yeah, okay, you're taking away his basketball team for a year. He got rich doing other stuff. There's a reason why he made enough money to afford to buy a basketball team. (laughs) He was doing something else, right? The same way Steve Ballmer has another career, the way Steve Cohen has another career. Like, this is his, like, toy. This is his pet project. This is his vanity project. He makes his real money off other stuff. So, ultimately, it's a drop in the bucket. They probably could have gone harder after him. And I think Adam Silver is once again showing that he is feckless when it comes to punishment and ultimately... The NBA doesn't seem to to care about the people in its workforce. Yeah, you know, it's hard because silver silver's hands are kind of tied here. Um, there's only certain there's only certain things he can do. There's only certain fines and restrictions he can levy. And at the end of the day, this is really going to be in the hands of the players and the other owners. You know, if you want to push him to sell. If you're a player, you don't you don't go play for him. You don't go there. You know, if you're an owner, you're getting with the other owners and trying to figure out how we can get this guy out. How can we find someone to buy this guy's team and get him out of the league? You know, at the end of the day, this is a billionaire's club, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a boys' club, and you know, if you want somebody out, you can get him out. Um, the problem I have is, you know, he's owned the Suns and the Mercury for quite some time. And I believe he's 60 years old, 61 years old. I think you mentioned something that this was like over the, over the 
last 17 years, right? Mm-hmm. Like this man has been this person his whole life. He didn't he didn't just develop this personality or this attitude 20 years ago. Okay, so so when he bought the team, you guys didn't do the background check. You didn't find out like the kind of person he was. So shame on you. You guys all voted him into this role knowing what you knew about him. He probably said this word casually a hundred times. And people running through that organization or in contact with him know the kind of attitude and the kind of person he is. So everybody shouldn't act surprised that this has happened, that this was said, and that this was going on. So that I don't buy. Um, but that's 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 how you get this man. That that hurts him more than a ten million dollar fine and taking his team away for a year. Is that you go after him socially based on you know doing business with him, working for him. Or letting him be an owner in a league. Well, I mean, kudos to LeBron, right? LeBron is already taking to Twitter in order to win over the court of public opinion, right? This is becoming a PR public opinion issue. And frankly, it's one that the players are going to win. It's one that the other side, the side of right, is going to be on. You can't casually drop the N-word five times and expect to not suffer the consequences for it. You just can't do that. So if it takes players like LeBron shining a light on this behavior and using his global reach, his global stroke to, you know, call for the change then by all means, like, go for it. Because at the end of the day, it is a business. They're not going to listen because the money's coming in, right? The one, one, the, the one time they will listen is when it starts to affect their purse strings. And for a team as good as Phoenix... They can't afford to have this kind of public relations disaster. The NBA cannot afford to have that public relations disaster because once it goes south, once this becomes a sa- an acrimonious re- relationship, you really have no recourse at that point, right? Donald Sterling was allowed to linger for a very long time. And Adam Adam Silver went in, acted swiftly. Yes, I understand his hands are tied now. But as the commissioner of the league, he has the ability, right? The same way Roger Goodell has the ability with Dan Snyder. He has the ability to call for these votes. He has the ability to make his case saying this is a public relations nightmare. We got to get rid of this guy but he's taking the chicken shit way out and he's just allowing Mr. Sarver to come back. Are you in need of air care maintenance or service? I have the company for you. Air care technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area 
and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. Fair or foul? Judging the more messed up moments of the week. All right, guys and girls, you know how this goes. We have a statement. It's either fair or foul. Fair or foul. Number one. Jets head coach Robert Sala is taking receipts on the people doubting the Jets and making fun of the organization. He went on to say, if you get off this bus, we are not going to let you back on. Fair or foul, we don't want to get back on this bus. Really? Really, Kosala? Anybody willing to get on the bus should be allowed back on, especially if you're a season ticket holder. Don't go toe-to-toe with the New York media. You will lose. You will lose. This is 100% foul. The, the game that they played over the weekend was an embarrassment. There's no improvement from last year. And in one in one instance, he said that the team that Joe Douglas and him inherited was worse than an expansion team. Really? Pretty sure Adam Gase went 7-9 and nine with this team and almost made the playoffs. So, and you agreed to take on this team. So, I, I, I you know what? I'm just, I'm, I'm borderline done with this team and done with this man. And they go out and, and their social media is hilarious because they they like to show that, oh, uh, their secondary and Sauce Gardner, you know, was lights out this weekend. Oh, really? They lost 29 to 3. What good is having a shutdown corner if you can't score? Denzel Mims didn't dress for the game. Why is he still on this team? Either trade him or cut him. And your 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 wide receiver, the one you drafted, tenth overall, why is he not on the field in crucial moments? Like, what is going on with this organization? I'm, I'm, it's foul, man. It's just foul. Well, I understand where he's coming from, right? He wants to, you know, he wants to build that equity in the locker room. You're with us or you're against us. The Jets versus the world. It's been the Jets versus the world since, what, 69? Pretty, pretty, pretty much. It's pretty foul if you're taking on the fans and telling people that if you get off the bus, you're not going to get back on. Fans have the right to cheer and boo for whoever they want. And they can't if, sell tickets. They're not even sold out anymore. You can go to a Jet game. You can go to a Jet game tomorrow. My barber got, got season tickets to the Jets He's sitting like on the 35 yard line, 100, 100 section. Wow. Joke. Wow. And you're going to tell him, oh, we're taking receipts? Dude. Dude. That's fine. Like, rub, rub people's nose in it when you're good. Don't talk now. Like, that's the thing. It's a timing issue. For those of us, this is like when. 
the, the Detroit Lions, I think, were 0-9 or 0-10 or something, and then they won, and then Johnny Morton was like, Jay, Jay Leno can kiss my ass. <laughs> this is a lot like Jay Leno can kiss my ass. Like, this is just so out of left field and completely out of context with what he was talking about. Oh, 20, 24 to 9. I'm sorry, they scored 9. Scored 9. Hey, scored almost double digits. Almost. Greg Zerline, I'm looking at you. <laughs> Joe Flacco throwing 60 times. 60 times. Clearly, Matt LaFleur's Hall. Brees Hall, third round, second round pick. He got six carries. Six carries. What'd you draft him for? I don't game's, know. game's over. Game's over. He got six touches. It's it's foul to take on the fans. It's fair to hold the media to account when you're good. But you ain't there yet. We don't even know that you'll be there when Zach Wilson's there. So just pump the brakes on being chesty. Just pump the brakes. That's all I'm saying. Fair or foul, number two. Jacob deGrom is going to leave the Mets and test free agency. Well, you know what? I think it's fair. I, I think he should. You know, I mean, he doesn't, to me, I mean, you might feel differently. He don't own the Mets anything. He spent his time here. I've been saying it for years. They should have traded him. They didn't. So, yeah, it's fair. Go fly away. Go somewhere. Come to Atlanta. Ah, uh-huh. Ah! I heard that. I knew that was coming. Oh, God. He's from Florida. Maybe he'll go to the Marlins. Maybe he'll go to the Rays. Rays! Hey, it worked out for Morton, who went from the Astros to the Rays. And the Rays. Yes. I see where you're going. You just wanted to get you just wanted to end up on the Braves. It's like it's come on. Like, That'd be fun. I, that yeah. I think it's fair as well. The Mets don't owe Jacob DeGrom anything, and Jacob DeGrom doesn't owe them anything. That's what a contract is. Like you agree to the terms of the contract, you abide by the terms of the contract. And then you can move on. But that that's how contracts work. At my employer, I can work this year and then tell my principal, hey, I'm not coming back next year. And they're like, okay, good luck. At the at the end of it, once your time is up, you can do what you like. Now, is, is he better off staying in New York? Yeah, I think so. The grass is greener where you water. And Steve Cohen is watering this grass. And... He, DeGrom is going to be 35. He's entering the twilight of his career at this point. He's been injured multiple times of recent in recent vintage. But when he's good, he's the best pitcher in baseball. So you keep him for as long as you can. It's fair to test the market. It's absolutely fair to test the market. But... What you don't want to happen is the alleged uh, Casey Close, Freddie Freeman deal. Because that just, that doesn't fly. But test the market, Jake. Test the market. That's fine. You can do that. It's your prerogative as a free agent. Fair or foul? Number three, Bernie Williams is never in the Hall of Fame discussion. Yeah, I mean, I think this is foul. This really comes up, you know, because Jeter just had his Yankees Day at Yankee Stadium. 
honoring his Cooperstown, you know, entrance. And it's completely foul. This guy was like the best hitter, or the best outfielder on those Yankee teams during the 96 to 2000 run. Pretty sure he holds like the record for postseason batting average, home runs, and RBIs. Pretty sure he holds those records. And he's a switch hitter. I mean, if Jeter's in the Hall of Fame, how is Bernie Williams not in the Hall of Fame? Well, I think it's fair. If you look at his numbers, career 297 hitter, 287 home runs, 1,257 ribbies, only 147 steals. If you watch Bernie Williams on a regular basis, like the defense was okay. Like got great jumps on the ball, had no arm, no arm to speak of. Very fast, shitty base stealer. Could not. He was a galloper. He wasn't a sprinter. And that doesn't translate when you're trying to steal bases. They wanted to groom, the Yankees wanted to groom Bernie Williams to be Ricky Henderson. Ricky Henderson was a track star. If we're talking, if we're comparing events, Ricky's doing the hurdles, Bernie Williams is doing the relay. It just requires a different skill set. Four-time gold glover, silver slugger, four-time World Series champion, ALCS MVP, one batting title, very good. He's in the Hall of Very Good. Just like a lot of guys are in the Hall of Very Good. That's fine. But I wouldn't say, like, if we want to talk about the elite, right? Because I know your standard is, is Bernie Williams an elite baseball player? No. Like, Bernie Williams is very good. He's very good. With a, a very good player some pronounced flaws in his game. That... If you watched him on a regular basis, you would notice. But I, you know, I think it's it's foul that he's in the discussion because, frankly, it's just not there. The Fade Store presents the alleged superstar of the week award. All right, boys and girls, you know what time it is. It's time for the alleged superstar of the week. We put up a poll on our Twitter account at Fanny Rocky. Vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. And the winner of the poll gets a shout-out on this here show and the coveted-ass trophy. And do you know who took home the coveted-ass trophy last week, D? I don't. Margaret Court. Talk shit about Serena. That's what you get. Good job, Mags. Good job. But that was last week. This is this week. Who you got, D? All right. First up, I've got Zach Lytle. You have choice words for manager Gabe Kapler after being taken out of the game against Atlanta. You give up two runs in a close game. You have an ERA over five. The manager wants to take you out of the game. Just come out of the game. If you got something to talk about with the manager, you talk about it in the dugout. Don't mess with Gay Kapler. He'll jack you up. He's he's lethal. Zach Lytle, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two, 
Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's little brother. <laughs> of course. Coaches the offense for the Jets. Why is the number 10 overall pick in the 2022 draft, Garrett Wilson, on the sideline for crucial third down plays? What are we doing? Top picks should be on the field, brah. Mike LaFleur, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number three, Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams, both Bronco backs, fumbled on the goal line in separate occasions. You got to be licking your chops as you go into the end zone. You can't be dropping the ball, costing your team the game. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And I got a bonus one, number four. Aaron Rodgers calling out your receivers. Meanwhile, I didn't see you at OTAs. I didn't see you play in the preseason. And, oh, they haven't played in a game with more than 25,000 people in their whole life. Aaron Rodgers, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Z, what do you got? Great choices. All great choices. I'm going to start with Joe Burrow. JB. Oh, dear God, what a performance. <laughs> brutal. <laughs> Absolutely fucking brutal. Yes, 338 yards, two touchdowns. Yay. Fantastic. Four picks, and you got sacked how many times? Get rid of the ball, Joe. Seven, right? Seven. Get, yes, seven. Joe, they're still trying to kill you. Get rid of the ball. Joe Burrow, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Cam Akers. Oi. And Cam Akers fantasy owners. Oi. Four carries, zero yards. Thanks for coming. And in the post game, Coach McVay saying Cam Akers needs to earn his reps. Woof, woof, buddy. You are officially in the doghouse. Cam Akers, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Randy Bullock. Randy <laughs> Bullock. For the predictable missed kick as time expired. Allowing my Giants to be 1-0. I should send you a, an edible arrangement, Randy. I should send you a thank you. But instead, Randy Bullock, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to your go to our Twitter page at Fade Route DNZ and vote. And vote and vote and vote. How could I forget? I missed one. Nathaniel Hackett. Need, need I say more? Need I say more? Nathaniel Hackett. For our nominees. Just do better, boys. Just do better. podcast has its own merch line now go to the fade store with dnz.com today for all your fade route merch needs i'm talking tank tops t-shirts sweatshirts like yoga pants we got those too like some cool accessories we got those too and we're not done yet we have so much more planned for you but check out what we have today at the fade store with dnz.com that's the fade store with dnz 
Com. Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. Week two is here, ladies and gentlemen. And if you're playing in our option poll on CBS Sports, we have some updated standings for you. Who's at the top? We're at the top. That's right. <laughs> D&D still at the top, tied at 10 wins. But we have several people nipping at our heels, only, only backed by one game. The house always wins. Ready, willing, and Dayball, Foxy, and Zach, you guys are coming. And we see you. We see you, but we'll see what happens this week. Chargers at Chiefs, Thursday night at Arrowhead. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a big game for the Chargers. I think they buckle up their chin straps. They got to win this game. This shows that there's going to be a changing of the guard. This is the home opener. It's Thursday night. Chiefs going old school on the the end zone uh, decor. But I'm going with the Chargers. They're going to get after the quarterback in this one. I'm going to take the Chiefs. I I saw enough against Cardinals, and I think that they're going to give the Chargers some problems. Joey Boso may get there, but Patrick Mahomes has plenty of weapons to play with. Sunday, 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 1 p.m. Dolphins at Ravens. Yeah, I'm taking the Ravens. I think Tua is going to get bullied around in this one. I don't know. This is tough. I'm going to go with the Dolphins. I just, I think it's it's something different. McDaniel is bringing something different. They have a good secondary. They have a good defense. If Tua can stay away from the turnover and injury... They could pull it out. I'm going to say Dolphins by three. Jets at Browns. Uh, I was really tempted to take the Browns, but I think the Jets pull off a win on the road. They they have to win this game. They may have to, but that doesn't mean they will. I'm going to go with the Browns. Hunt and Chubb are going to run all over the Jets. Brissett's not going to turn it over. Joe Flacco is going to meet Miles Garrett several times. They're going to get intimately acquainted, and it's going to be a long day. We may even see the immortal Mike White. Commanders at Lions. I'm taking the Commanders. I like what the I like the fight in the Lions. I like the fight. They may not be talented, but they they will fight you all the way. And DeAndre Swift is solid. He's a good player. Jared Goff just needs to not screw up in the battle of quarterbacks that screw up a lot. I'm going to take the Lions. I'm going to take the Lions. Colts at Jaguars. Will somebody win the game this week? Oh, man. I don't know. I'm going with the Jags. They beat them. They beat the Colts to end the season last year. I think they keep it going. 
I'm going to take the Colts. They just, they have to. Like, Jonathan Taylor has to run roughshod over this team. They just, he has to, right? Like, there's no other ifs, ands, or buts about it. He has to. Sorry. One o'clock continues. Bucks at Saints. Yeah, I was tempted to take the Saints, but I feel like the Bucks are going to cause some turnovers for Jameis, so I'm going with the Bucks. You're tempted? I'm doing it. I'm going to take the Saints. The Saints seem to have the Bucks number during the regular season. During the regular season. Now, all bets are off come to the playoffs, but I think the Saints will have enough, and Michael Thomas is going to have a day. He's on your fantasy team again? You know it. Of course. Panthers at Giants. I'm going with the Giants. G-Men go 2-0. You heard it here first. We are in agreement. The Giants looked very good. They knocked around Derrick Henry. Not many teams can say they knocked around Derrick Henry. So, Christian McCaffrey, be ready. Pack a lunch. Because you're going to get hit, and you're going to get hit hard. A lot. Pats at Steelers. Pats at Steelers. I got. I can't see the Pats going 0-2. I think they beat the Steelers. This is kind of clouded, right? Because Mac Jones has a back injury, but they say he's going to play. So possibly it could end up with Brian Hoyer at some point. Najee Harris is dinged up. TJ Watt is out for the season, possibly with a torn peck. Mitch Trubisky was eh as a quarterback. I'm still going to take the Steelers. The Pats were very unimpressive. Very, very, very unimpressive against the Dolphins. And I think that string continues. We are in the 4 o'clock hour. Falcons at Rams. Oh, Rams, easy for me. Falcons are trash. The Rams went up against a better team than them. Need I say more? Rams win big. Seahawks at Niners. Uh, I gotta think the 49ers bounce back strong. The Mitchell injury is gonna hurt. Jeff Wilson is next man up. This will be a truer read for what Trey Lance will be. And the Seahawks are going to bring it. The Seahawks have shown they're going to play physical. And if Geno Smith keeps playing the way he's playing, it'll be close. I'm still going to take the Niners. Bengals at Cowboys. I'm going to take the Cowboys. I think they play good defense. They get to Joe Burrow, cause some turnovers, win a close one. This is Joe Mixon's coming out party. Ride Joe Mixon. Have him on the field, coach. Again, in crunch time, Joe Mixon not on the field. Pirine getting big-time yards in the fourth quarter and the two-minute warning. Learn your lesson. Run with Joe Mixon. Bengals will take it. Texans at Broncos. Oh, we got to think the Broncos are going to win this one. On paper, yes. On paper, yes. But, you know, I like what Houston's doing. They've got Moxie. 
they definitely have moxie. And granted, it was against the Colts, but they didn't roll over. They took it to they took it to a division rival. It's going to be close, but I'm going to take the Broncos as well. Cards at Raiders. Oh man, I actually Cardinals look like dog shit, so I'm taking the Raiders. Yeah, this is tough. This is definitely tough. The Cardinals did not look good. The Raiders, they're on to something. I'm going with the Raiders as well. Sunday night, Bears at Packers. Uh, Packers, I feel like they got to come around. They can't lose to the Bears. They can't lose to the Bears, but at the same time, it just doesn't look good. It's just, you know, the wide receiver core, regardless of what they wanted to talk up, it's just not good. So, who is going to be, who's going to step up? Is it the run game? Right? Is it going to be A.J. Dillon? I don't know. Bears, they squeaked in because of the rain. Yeah, screw it. I'll take the Bears. Why not? Why not? Let's get nuts. And this Monday, surprisingly, it wasn't last Monday. It's this Monday. We have two, count them, two Monday night games. Titans at Bills. Titans. I'm taking the Bills. I'm taking the Bills as well. I am not inspired by the Titans. And King Henry getting knocked around gives me some pause, especially with Von Miller on the other side of that line. And Vikings at Eagles close us out at 8.30. I really like both of these teams, uh, but I'm taking the Vikings. I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. I'm going to take them. I'm going to take the home team. So both home teams on Monday night. I just, I can't trust the Vikings. I don't know. Every time, every time I'm ready to trust, they break my heart. <laughs> every time, every time I'm ready to say yes, it's no. So they zig, I zag. I'm going to take the Eagles. This has been the Fade Route with D and Z. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go route, but we'll talk to you next week. want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz comment on our youtube channel the fade route with dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.